this episode of Giving My Keys Back on my Cracker. I'm Ashley Nicole and I'm Paige Benjamin from Atomic Travels. And in this episode, we're talking about sex, baby. We want to unravel some of the unhealthy ideas in our community as it relates to sexuality, whether we're speaking on sexual freedom, gender roles, um, twerking, or who just enjoys sexuality. There are obvious issues in our community to either extreme. Panel. Introduce yourself, please. Anyone y'all. So I'm Jazzy. Um, I I've been on here. I think what three weeks ago, and Ashley was like, "Hey, so we're talking about black sexuality. Are you interested?" And I was like, "Uh, yes." <laughs> I uh, have a blog and a podcast, and I've talked about this ad nauseum. Um, also with like human um women's reproductive rights and all this stuff like that. So I'm happy to be back and I'm really looking forward to being on this panel. Awesome, thank you. Next. Well, I'll go, I'm, I'm Chiz. Um, I feel like I'm a regular on here now at this point, but um, awesome. I'm the CEO and founder of Culturally Focused, um, which is a collaborative economy. Um, definitely a pleasure to be back on this platform with these wonderful people, people I already know and people that I will get to know throughout this conversation. So really looking forward to it. Shaya, um, I'm Jax. Um, it's hard for me to pinpoint what it is I, I do and how I fit in, but um, one of the things that I do, one of the things I'm preparing for in my after, um, current career, my next career is I'm a um, conscious erotic touch practitioner and a sexual, I'm a certified sexuality doula and just an overall student of sex education and, and health and yeah, so that's, I'm happy to, happy to see my old friends from Ghana, happy to see uh, an old friend from Atlanta randomly and, you know, and new friend, one new friend. Oh man. Thank y'all for holding for technical uh, difficulties. When Dominic gets back on, we'll allow him to introduce himself. Paige, I think it's on you now. Oh, there he goes. Boom. All right, guys, I'm back. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, there he goes. All right, I'm back. I'm very sorry. That's cool. I think I'm synced up now. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I may have to get some headphones. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right, I'm back. I'm very sorry. Give me just a second. That's cool. Thank you. Right. So while we wait on Dominic to get back and introduce himself, um, we really want to thank everybody for jumping on, and we really want to get into this discussion. Um, we want to discuss some differences of opinion regarding sexuality. How does sexuality impact your mental health? Um, anybody can jump on the conversation. This is a free-flowing conversation. So if the question moves you, go ahead and answer the question. So um, I identify as a um, cishet, mostly het, female. <laughs> so the, of course, there are some privileges that come with that. 
And there are also some um, things that I don't have to deal with as far as mental health goes. Like I, I um, identify as the gender that I was assigned at birth. So I don't have to deal with a lot of the discrimination um, that comes with people who identify as trans or um, people who are on the spectrum, like the, the LGBTQIA spectrum. Um, but I mean, there are definitely some, uh, there's definitely been some, not necessarily oppression, especially in my adult life, but when I was younger, there was a lot of, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, or as a woman, you shouldn't be doing that. And that weighed heavily, um, or, or the, I battle with that as far as like my mental health went when I was younger. And then I, once I freed myself from those restrictions and a lot of these, they weren't, I don't even think they were like religious rules, but um, I was able to be free mentally. <laughs> Chiz or Jax? Go ahead, Jax, you got it. Sorry. Um, I think you can't be healthy as a person, as a human, period, if all aspects, if all aspects of your body, your mind um, aren't healthy. So um, sexuality, um, both in physicalness, like your actual genitalia, um, and how you feel about your sexuality. Um, is a direct reflection of how you feel about yourself. So if you if you don't feel, you know, comfortable and free to express um, the things you want, the things you desire, what brings you pleasure, um, then those things spill over into all life. So I might not feel comfortable <laughs> to express how I feel, what I want, what I desire in the workplace. I might not feel like, you know, the ability to speak up for yourself, the ability to know what your mind and your body wants, it's all connected is, is my understanding and my experience. So I think they are inextricably linked. Um, yeah, we should work on free and both. Okay, okay. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I identify as the heterosexual black male. Um, I'm very confident and comfortable in my sexuality. Um, to be honest with you, before, um, you know, kind of preparing for this conversation today, I never really thought about how, um, you know, my mental health and my sexuality really, um, you know, impacts one another, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think I've always kind of known who I was and, you know, been free to explore my sexuality um, so yeah, um, that's who, that, that's who I am. Um, I don't, I, I don't think I've really had any issues on, on that forefront or really any struggles. Um, I've always been a pretty free flowing person when it comes to, um, my sexuality, um, and my circle. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Awesome. And, uh, are we back or you're still working on the audio? Yeah, he's still working on his audio. Okay, awesome, awesome. So um, we all have a series of conversations we've have with our parents coming up of when we're coming of age. At what age did you guys have, or have you had the conversation about sex um, with your parents? Hmm. So I don't I'll remember. Go first. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, my bad. I was, it's funny. I, I'm sorry for cutting in on our guest. I was talking to my sister today and I was like, we never had a conversation, but I think it's because um, y'all remember those big old satellites that they used to have? The satellite so, dishes. Yeah, the big ones, though, that used to be in the backyards and the country houses. I think that we didn't get the conversation because my my mama and my auntie, my grannies, caught us um, watching porn on the Scramble channels. So we didn't even get a conversation. We just got, don't turn it those channels no more. You're not supposed to be watching that. So okay. our summers are ruined. <laughs> okay. Um, Anybody? I've never... I never really had a conversation with my with my parents um, in regards to sex, um, to be quite honest with you. The things that I think I learned was from being a very mischievous child. Um, at my age when I was growing up, what was it? We had the um, the, HB, the HBO um, real sex conversations that I used to sneak and watch growing up. So I think that's where a lot of my education came in that um, was really watching real sex. Maybe that's why I've always been so comfortable and never really <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, but yeah, I can remember, you know, at, you know, midnight when everybody was asleep, you know, creeping and, you know, turning on HBO. I see a lot of head. So it seems like it's some people that can relate to me a little bit there. Um, you know, with, with the whole real sex conversation, but never really had a conversation with that. Um, I don't think till after I had my first child was when my mother was kind of like, why not wrap it up? And it was like, oh, now I want to have this conversation with you, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, never, ne never really any, con never really any, you know, in-depth conversations about, you know, what it meant, what's the impact of it. Um, I kind of, I kind of learned on the fly a little bit there. Um, and then, you know, it kind of just it went from there. So no conversations so, for me. TV raised me. <laughs> so that's a that's a good point there, right? So you went from a child figuring things out on your own to having a child. Um, now that you have a child, um, is that something you plan to do, right? Because um, as a black male, there's several conversations we have to have um, in order to understand what's going on in the world. And do you feel like this is one in addition to going out, dealing with police um, as the other conversations that we have? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I actually lost my virginity at a very young age as well. Um, kind of, you know, get too deep into that right now. I'm sure it'll probably be a conversation later. Um, but I lost my virginity at a very young age to so an older woman. Um, so it's definitely a conversation I plan on having with my son um, and not waiting. My son now is eight. My daughter is 10. Um, so to be quite honest with you, I'm, we're, we're starting to have some of those conversations a little bit with my 10 year old daughter. Um, not nothing too explicit, but, you know, just kind of frameworking that she's already having her, you know, her, her, her menstrual, you know, once a month. So it's kind of like some of these conversations need to start happening on a surface level. So conversations will happen with her, but also conversations with my son as well. Um, because I don't want them to kind of go down a road and make it feel as though, um, make, make them be afraid to have those conversations. Um, because sometimes we're afraid. Our parents, you know, some at least my parents um, didn't really create a space for me to come have those conversations with them. And I think that's important because a lot of times we're not learning 
you know, or having those birds and bees conversations in our communities, like we should. So it's definitely one that I have with my kids, most definitely. Okay. You touched oh. on so much. Um, like well, well before we continue, I, I don't, I, I do mean to interrupt you, but my fella, <laughs> sir, do you mind introducing yourself? And uh, we'll, we'll bring you into the conversation after um, jazz. Okay. Uh, thanks, everybody, for bearing with me. I was having some technical difficulties. So um, my name is Dominic. Uh, I live in Atlanta. Uh, I run an entertainment agency called Trillmonger. Um, and we do everything from uh, photography, videos, anything you can creatively think of, we probably can do it. So uh, thank you guys for having me. Amazing, amazing. Thank you for joining. Uh, thanks for getting the uh, audio visual together for an audio visual company. Gotcha. Indeed. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give you a little flack. Uh, for sure. Um, hey, if something can't go wrong, we will. <laughs> <laughs> so Jazz? No, so he touched on he touched on a lot. So um I I mean I feel like I'm kind of fortunate to say that I got the birds and the beast talk. Um I found out where kids came from when I was at a young age. Uh my aunt told us plainly, she was like, Look, so this is this is what happened. She told us like the scientific side she was like so this happens this happens babies are conceived they're born and we're like okay cool but we didn't have the talk of or i didn't have the talk of actual um so when you find somebody you like or whatever like that until i was older with my parents and my mom was more like ah you shouldn't have sex and then my dad and my stepmom were like I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't just be my just know that what the what the consequences could be if you have unprotected sex or if you're not just safe about it. Um, so but we all have these. I mean, I had these talks when I was in high school, like middle school, middle school and then high school. And it was just reinforced. And yeah, like he brought up. a um, Hold on. Maybe tell me your name one more time. Culturally focused. What's your name? Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. So you brought up a really good point where you were like, um, one of the things that I've been trying to do recently, and I spoke about this with one of my therapists, or I have a new therapist, but my previous therapist, we were talking about verbiage and how our language and how it's really strong. And we, as a culture, like as a society, have often used the term, I lost my virginity. Like, I don't know where it went. Um, now you <laughs> touched on something different. So you said you, you said you lost her to someone who was older and that's, legally something different um yeah but uh and if if we get to that that's fine if not i completely understand um but i was made aware she was like so where'd it go like i was like oh yeah i lost my virginity when i was 15 she's like oh okay where'd it go and it paused like I, I paused i was like what do you what do you mean she's like well you said you lost it so where'd it go <laughs> and i'm like oh so she's like so let's get conscious about how we're using language did you give it away and i was like oh yeah i gave it away when i was 15. Okay, so because when you say you lost it, that I feel like it, um, you lose control in the matter. So and if it, and if it's a situation that you truly had control in, then you didn't. I mean, then you didn't lose it. You know. Interesting. Interesting. I guess I never thought about it that way, but you know. I mean, it's 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 you know this is why um, I asked my first question, right? Um, sexuality and and our mental health and the psychology of it. Um, and I think Jazz was Jax was kind of alluding to it in in her definition of how they both correlate. Um, so Jax, I mean, with that being said, um, what are your thoughts? You know, losing your virginity, 
um, you know, it's in a box somewhere. <laughs> um, but in, in general, like the conversation, let's start with that and then we can go to the talking points. You know, at, at what point did or did not have the conversation? Um, I would ask a better question mm. or a different mm. question, not better. I'm not, <laughs> what is virginity? I think that virginity is a lie. But um, <laughs> because, but simply because, so when we talk about the battle of the sexes, right? And we talk about what sex means. Sex means very different things uh, to different people, to different, to the same people at different points in their life, to the same people with different people. So we, the whole idea of virginity only speaks to heterosexual penetrative sex, right? So like, if let's say I'm a lesbian, I'm gonna be a virgin my whole life by the way that we define, uh, the way we define losing our virginity. Um, and I, I think mean, it's important. It depends, because if you're using toys in the room and you break, you know, if, if I'm using toys by myself, am I losing my virginity? That's what I'm saying. That, that's a good that, yeah. that so, point. That points to the exact same exactly, thing. Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I can lose my virginity, can lose my virginity to myself. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I, that's a great, and I didn't mean to, to interrupt, but yeah, that's that's a good point that you're bringing it up. Um, as far as, I, the other thing I will say, um, I think, you know, I grew up in a, a, a very religious household. And I think the interesting thing is, is that you end up talking about sex very early because you you know what you are not supposed to do, right? Mm. Um, but I would say, I think when everyone talks about what it is they learned about sex, we talked about, you know, learning about uh, pregnancy, we talked about STDs, what we learned in school, but like what we don't ever learn, what we have to rely on other people who don't know what they know, don't know either, is pleasure. Like, yes, we talk about sex and like, these are all the horrible things that can happen you when you have sex. And that's why we have so many horrible things that we believe about the, yeah. the way we think about and believe about sex and the way we interact with each other because we never are taught of, oh yes, this is this beautiful, amazing feeling that you can have. Um, and you should learn how um how it works for you and your body. But we don't, but we don't learn that. We learn like don't get pregnant, don't get don't have STDs. You know, here's your period. You can get pregnant now. Like, there's nothing. There's very little discussion often about um, what pleasure. The other, the other side of sex, which mm. I think as adults we mo we know that most of sex is good, and you wouldn't know that as a child. Like, you wouldn't know that at all. Yeah. I think they refrain about, I think they refrain from teaching us the joys of sex. At least I feel like my parents did teaching us the joys of sex at a young age, because then I would definitely be doing it all the time. Like if I knew, <laughs> like if I knew now, or if I knew then what I know now about sex, man, like. <laughs> so, so, so I feel like that was, it was kind of a preventive, me preventative measure for them. They were like, hey, so this is what can happen. And then as I, I've had way more candid conversations, especially with my stepmom now about sex and as an adult. And I'm like, well, why don't we talk about this when we were younger? She's like, because we didn't need to have this conversation when we were younger. And in a sense, she was right because I definitely wouldn't have focused on school or anything like that. I'm like, I could be out here getting woo off the bat. Woo off the bat. There you go, there you go. 
I you know what I'm saying? One, Listen, <laughs> she ain't gonna teach you to gawk gawk three thousand at an early age because you ain't ready for that. You You're know not what I mean? ready. You're not ready for it. <laughs> so Dominic, probably- so no, let me let me. I'm gonna get back to you, Chiz. But Dominic, right. so like you know, coming up, um, you know, was this a conversation that was had in the household? Um, talking about sex or preparing you for it. I think I probably fall in the category of uh, a lot of people where there wasn't necessarily a talk. Um, the talk I got was don't bring no babies in here. Um, and then I don't know where um, each of you are from, but I'm from Mississippi, which is a very conservative place. And you learn really early on that everything is bad. And so, <laughs> it's the Bible Belt. You can't yeah. drink down there, but everybody gets drunk. Exactly. And so it automatically gives people a lot of people identity issues because a lot of things that are deemed bad are also probably pretty fun. Also, if, if you if you try drinking a little bit, you might like it. If you, you know, you try some of these things that are telling you are wrong, it, you know, it's it's just a, a weird dynamic. Uh, now that I'm an adult and I look back on it, but it, it's also the way of the world in a lot of ways. So I definitely didn't get the talk. But um I think I was probably more scared into not having sex early on than anything than actually learning a, a healthy relationship with it. Did we lose him or did we lose me? Yeah. No. I'm here. He's no, we're still here. Sure. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Cool. I got you. It was me. I got my I got my AV together now, man. Tighten up, Paige. You said tighten up. You know, <laughs> doing too much at once. I feel, you, I feel you. My apologies, my brother. So, so that's that's a that you you bring up a good point, right? So, coming from the Bible Belt, um, and a lot of us are kind of grew up religious and. You know, we had an episode last season, um, Prayed Away, where, you know, the resolve to everything was bring it to God. And it sounds like in this particular subject matter, um, the Bible or religion was being used to kind of dictate how sexuality should be seen or experienced. Um, I, I know, Jax, you mentioned this briefly coming up religious. Um, was that the biggest um biggest kind of sentiment that was kind of expressed that, you know, you'll be a sinner for life if you have sex before marriage or just using it as a reason to not have the discussion with you? So, no. So my mother, we we spoke about it. So, you know, I don't have any kids and I don't, you know, my my, 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 my parents, you know, I'm a, I'm a virgin to this day because there's no proof, <laughs> right? But um, I... Uh, <laughs> I, my mother, I, it's weird because I grew up very religious and then um, my mom left the church um, when I was about 12 and then really became a completely different person. Um, so not in my early years, it was certainly like, yes, we don't have sex until we're married. But I'm also a product of of, of uh, people who weren't married, right? Right, right. So, mm-hmm. um, my mom had since married someone and they had a child. So it was like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. So second time around. But um, when my mom left the church, when um, we weren't, that wasn't our life anymore. I, you know, witnessed my mother living a very full adult life. 
Um, and it took me, for me, it, it was hard for me to grapple with that because I spent, you spent my whole like, like one years old to 12 year old telling me like anybody who does all these things are bad. And then from 12 on, I saw you doing all of those things. Like I, you know, so I had a hard time dealing with that. Dealing with that. But I will say my mother, I will say my mother, um, I wanted to be like back in, Chiz was talking about real sex. So between real sex and love line and, um, Dr. Ruth, like I was fascinated with like the ins and outs of all of that. And so by the time I was in high school, before I was even having sex, I was like reading about it and like talking to my friends about it and like giving advice and like because I was like fascinated by it. And my mother knew that. So she like um get she gave me a book on sexuality, um, specifically geared to women. Um, you know, my dad gave me a book at some point too. I don't know, they just knew, <laughs> but um <laughs> But so there, th though those discussions did not exist, even though I did have one discussion with my mom one time, she had broken up with someone and she was, I was like, he seemed nice, what happened? And she was like, you know, you don't know what he's doing. I can't, I was like, <laughs> why are you telling me these things? <laughs> um, so for me, it manifests in very strange ways because I went from, I had to unlearn a lot of things from my childhood that I'm sure my mom probably wouldn't have even thought about because we were living a completely different life by the time that I was out in the world doing things. But um, a lot of the way that I looked at her and the way I looked at her, looked at the world was shaped by what I was taught long before I was thinking about having sex um, or long before I was thinking about sexuality and what it meant. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I can speak to like a, a lifetime of, of, of religion, but that was, for me, like my base is very much um, that, and then it and then it wasn't, which is different. Okay. Jazz or Dominic or Shiz? I mean, I'll 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 add no, some I mean, of my own. I'll oh, add yeah, some of my own it. real quick. So, like for me, I'm the youngest of all my siblings as well as cousins. So um, coming up, I observed a lot, um, almost like too many steps too close. Right, um, you know, hey, turn around and just watch TV, right? Um, knowing that what's going on behind you is something you're clearly not supposed to watch, but they're doing it anyway. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, coming from uh, my background, West Indian background, um, that's not something we talk about, right? We, we don't talk about it because like you said, just don't have a baby before you get married or just don't have a baby, but they don't tell you like, you know, I had, you know, the whole condom, putting condom on was sex ed in high school, first grade, uh, ninth grade, right? Um, and, uh, you know, we grew up in a great era, Dr. Ruth, sex talk, um, you know, HBO, and like Ashley said, some of those glitchy porn channels, you know what I mean? When they oh, would yeah. stay on for a little bit longer than necessary. But that's the other, that's the other aspect of things, right? Like, you know, porn was a huge part of an, uh, a young man's life. And um, once again, I can only speak for young men, right? Um, look, we was, we was, look, y'all can attest to this. We were sneaking the porn channels. Now with the advent of YouTube and all these other porn channels, it, it, it became something. About well, we, we at least used to have to work for it. It's easy now. Exactly. So, <laughs> so now, just log on to so, Instagram. Exactly. Right. So now as an adult, you're like, damn, like, you know, 
Um, I'm glad I figured out figured it out on my own, but how many times did how how could I have avoided some of the stumbling blocks? Right. But I, I think to Jazz's point in in finding your sexual freedom, you kind of had to go through those stumbling blocks to get to where you are. So I mean, is the conversation I'm not gonna say is the conversation necessary, but I'm gonna ask it, is the conversation necessary? And is it a surface level conversation? Cause because Shiz is gonna have a different conversation with his young lady than his young man. Right. Why? Um why once again, it's it's and this is this is kind of like the it's gonna be a follow-up question that I'm gonna have, but it's just you know, it's it's in the community. It's how we uh, that's how we've been I wanna say conditioned to mm -hmm. to treat the comment, especially from a man's perspective, right? From a man's perspective, I'm gonna talk to my young man different than I'm gonna talk to my young lady. And that's primary because that's what we've been taught. You know what I mean? And look, I'm looking, I'm throwing this out there to spice up the conversation. Y'all can come at me all y'all want. Let's go. I'm I'm here for the heat. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna come at you on two things. Let's let's go. Let's go. <laughs> First, I, I want to know why you said um, he would talk to his daughter separate or differently than he would talk to his son. Because at so, the end of the day, they're both, I mean, we hate to, we don't want to think about this as parents. I'm not a parent. Like Jax, I'm not a parent. Proud aunt of like 50, 11 kids at this point. Um, and I will be adopting my children later in life, but I'm not a parent. So I don't have to worry about having this talk as a parent with my nuggets. Um, but when I do adopt my children and I plan on adopting older kids, I know that I'm going to have this conversation sooner than most. Um, and is there feedback on my line? I'm sorry, y'all. No, you're it? good. You're good. Okay, cool. Um, so, but I, I will talk to them the same way. Like I'm going to have the same, hey, so sex is great. Uh, but please make sure that <laughs> you're doing X, Y, Z to take care of yourself and we up the bam, but I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna tell my daughters, "Oh, you shouldn't have sex until marriage," or say, "Oh, well, you don't need to be out in these streets." And then tell my sons that, "Well, you know, just don't get her pregnant." No, I mean you can you can have the same conversation with both of them because they're both they're gonna be sure. sexual beings. We're all yeah. I'm not beings. a parent, so I'm gonna let Chiz Chiz answer that. I'll take the heat. Yeah, I about to say no that. parent club here also. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I definitely agree with you. Um, there are some. Um, parallels there where those conversations need to be had similarly, um, where that same level of, um, I think one of the main things that it sounds like you're saying is the accountability and the responsibility aspect is something that both kids um, need to understand coming up. But I mean, when you also start to talk about a bigger, a bigger, like long term spectrum from, you know, a young, a young man who's you know sleeping around and you know not using a proper protection how you can get someone pregnant and sometimes that responsibility once once you and we'll be just be blank with it okay once you as a young man you know have unprotected sex and 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 you come okay you know um you lose all control all responsibility when it comes to that after that so you have to understand that what you're letting out of your body and giving someone else, okay, that is control that you're giving someone else. And this is this is a deeper conversation when we start talking about not being ready for kids. You know what I mean? Because a woman has control over her body if she lets say, "Hey, I don't want this kid," 
or, you know, um, if I want to, you know, keep the kid, a man no longer has that control. So that's an honest conversation that unfortunately I have to have with my son and tell him like, yo, if you're going to lay down and you're going to have unprotected sex and, you know, you end up, you know, coming or, you know, ejaculating. I'm so uncomfortable saying this. Sorry. I don't know why. <laughs> um, um, but you, you have to understand that that level of control now is no longer in your possession. You've given that up. And then you talk about, okay, you know, because a woman has the right to be able to say, I no longer want this child or I want to, you know, abort. A man doesn't. So that right there is a total different conversation than I would have with my daughter, to be quite honest with you, because I can have that conversation with her and say, hey, you know, you have a choice. You know, you have an option here in this situation. Um, so like I said, I agree with you 100%. There are some parallels, and I think it's more about the accountability and responsibility aspect. But when you start to talk about, you know, our community and, you know, not having kids and how that can fall into child support and all those different things, I feel, I feel as though the way we have created society, like when you hear about a young man that's having a child, he says, well, I necessarily wasn't ready for it or something like that. The first thing society says, oh, why didn't you use, you know, protection? You know, and sometimes the woman is kind of scapegoated a little bit in that conversation of like, like she had nothing to do with it. Um, so I just think it's, it's, it's conversations that definitely need to have the same, but some of them are definitely a lot more deeper where you got to peel back some of the surface on them. But um, once again, I agree that, you know, the main conversation needs to be about protection, accountability, and responsibility with both of the kids, though. So. That's just my tip. Oh, I hope I didn't go on so, a tangent too so much. So Jax and Jazz, your faces speak wonders. I really wanted to kind of <laughs> get the thoughts behind the facial expressions. I have, I have a couple. Spicy. I want to um, – no, no, no. <laughs> uh, shit, I forgot one thing I was going to say. I will say, so no, I don't have children, but my 15-year-old cousin, I did – I usually live with me, um, and I was his primary caretaker from 15 to 19. Um, so I had a teenage boy in my in my house that I had to like uh, talk to, and I will say <clears throat> um, that the conversations I had with him were very much like the conversations I am having with you. It was very much like, hey, um, and it so. I think it's very interesting. We keep going back to like all oh, these like horrible things that can happen during sex. Like you gonna have me never wanting to have sex and never want to explore with what feels good for my body. We're talking about child support and all this. Like that's a lot. Like and not to say that those aren't important conversations. And obviously, if you had a child young, that's that's something that stands out in your mind. But also, so the conversations I had with my cousin were like, yes, um, things you should know about about sex. Some people see it as very emotional and you should make sure that you are very honest with um, whoever you are with it, whether you want this to be an emotional long lasting connection or if you're sleeping with other people or if there's, I was like, cause you never know what emotions that might bring up for you and you should be honest with yourself and with that person about what it is you're looking for. Um, you know, if there was something, um, what I will say is my, um, my cousin's a member of the LGBTQIA community. Um, and, and whereas that he um, had relationships with both um, uh, males and females. Um, and so um, we, we talked about uh, if there was something that he asked me that I didn't know, like I will look it up. <laughs> um, and oftentimes I did know. And, and, and also like I would bring up things that um, 
that maybe he didn't know, he didn't know to think about, right? So it's it's very much, I think we should always be, like we should be forever alone. So of course I'm like, yes, protect yourself. Um, don't bring home babies, <laughs> like, or, 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 you know, think about what that can, that, that can do. But at the same time, we're like, hey, I'm like, hey, don't do shit you don't want to do. Um, part of the reason why he lived with me was because he was younger and he's like super, super tall. And he looks like a grown, like he looks like, he looked like a very much older than he was um, when he was younger. Um, and, you know, one of the things um, I noticed was that, you know, older people, would, would be after him in a way. Um, and I was like, you know, I don't care who you like one way or the other, but one thing you should know about sex and sexuality is that, um, A, there are predators in this world, male, female, there are predators in this world. And anybody who is trying to teach you or guide you uh, or be a mentor to you or, or show you things, um, I think it is natural for you to discover sexuality on your own time and your own terms. Nobody, this is my opinion, and I, but I don't think anybody should be guiding you through that process or you should be relying on, on, on someone else. So it's very important to know that like, it's fun to explore and, and learn on your um with someone else who is learning and exploring your own. So For all that to say is the, the conversation I had with a man where, with a, with a, with a young man where, where not different from what I would have. Now, I'm not a man. And what I'll go back to, um, to Paige, what you said, um, you said, this is the way we've always learned it. This is the way we've always done it. The reason uh, sex therapists, sex coaching, and all that, like all these businesses are booming because we're all going off the things we already knew and the, the things we already learned. And we don't have to, we don't have to keep doing it that way. It's also the reason why we spend this whole, like, there's this like battle, this battle of the sexes because, you know, everyone's like, well, we already learned it this way. I think we, if if that's the way you want to teach something, that's the way you want to treat something, that's cool. But no, we have the opportunity and the ability to change these conversations at a young age, at an old age. Um, and it doesn't have to be the way we always did it. Hey, it's Ashley Nicole. I appreciate y'all for listening and hopefully you're all getting your, keeping your cheeses on your crackers. I'm dropping in on this episode to give you some goodies. Have you been wanting to get into the podcast game and don't know where to start? I got you. I have answers. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor has everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Let me say it again um, in case you missed it. Everything that you need to make a podcast is conveniently in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Free 99, zero dollars, zero cents. So go ahead, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. I can't wait to listen to your podcast too. I think that's important. Uh, I think you made some great points. Um, I, I think that from... 
from from most of us from day one out of the womb, like we're we're forced into social constructs. Like it, it, as a guy, I knew like I couldn't play with my sister's dolls. I couldn't, you know, what I'm saying if, if I fail, like I had to be tough. Where she got, you know, patted on the back or are you okay? Um, and so we're pushed into these arenas, even even unknowingly. Like as a kid, like. It, there's not a better term for you don't know what you don't know. Like the whole world is a learning process. Everything that's around you, you're taking in and you have to rely on, your, you know, the people closest to you, which is usually your parents. Um, I always tell people most of the time, if your parents can't swim, it's likely you probably can't swim either. Um, so um, and, and of course, you can always learn how to swim, but. I, I knew I grew up terrified of water. And when I actually learned how to swim, I felt like crazy because it was like so easy i was like man i was missing out on like having fun in the water all these years just because i was afraid to learn how to swim i thought i was just gonna automatically drown if i hopped in some water um so so, and you, I, so what you're saying is you was able to splash around and enjoy yourself yeah just because it it, it was um i i think it's a difference between learning something from fear and actually learning things uh, like Jack said, like it's a process of unlearning a lot of things to rediscover yourself. And I think that's a journey that a lot of us in our community are on. It's just a rediscovery phase because we realize like in, in not just sexuality, but like so many things that we've learned may not necessarily be a part of who we are. It doesn't make it right or wrong, but it, it may not be the right thing for us. Um, and I think, that's super important in sexuality simply because um, it's something that nobody can determine except for you. Like you, you have to look yourself in the mirror, ask the tough questions you have to. And, and, and ideally no one can help you with it unless you're honest with yourself. Um, and I think that's where we run into issues in society because there are penalties uh, in life for being gay or being black or being, you know, whatever. Um, so we have to find ways to, in a sense, survive. I think that's why so many uh, people in the uh, LGBTQ community are afraid to live lives naturally as they are, because in reality, like we look outside every day and see that there are literally penalties, sometimes life and death uh, situations by simply being yourself. And, and so, you know, we can't we can't fight like this is something that is easy. Um, it's easier for some people because we fit into to easier sectors or, you know, um, categories. And as an activist, uh, that's one of the first things I learned, you know, um, truly, because we grow up with uh, social confines or what I call them. And, and we learn certain things are wrong for whatever reason or another. And then. I remember when I first moved to Atlanta, once again, from Mississippi, a very conservative place. Um, and I was just shocked that like of some of the stuff I seen from hair color to, you know, what people were wearing, um, even to how bold the women were here. Like, you know, they shoot their shots where in Mississippi, you had to go get it. Like, you know, so just just simple <laughs> stuff. It was just complete culture shock. And I had to, in a sense, unlearn and relearn some stuff not because I was changing, but literally for survival sometimes. And I feel like life in general puts all of us in that in that frame at some point or another, and we have to make choices. Okay. 
Dang, it's not even Zoom. I forgot to unmute myself. <laughs> um, so I think Dominic, you brought up a great point. As far well, everything you said was a great point, and it actually moves us into our next segment. Um, I have a clip that I'm going to play to kind of bring us into it. So everybody, brace yourselves. Um, so this is a clip from a show. Apparently, so Chiz got me on this show because I saw you posting about I'm athlete. But Pay said he got you on it, so I guess this is full circle. So I'm about to play this clip that's going to take us into our next segment. Um, stay tuned for technical difficulties because it's my first time sharing my screen on live. On you got to believe in you. So we in there. You got it. You got it, girl. Motherfucker. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> you put yourself. You had to put yourself on mute that time. <laughs> hey, y'all said we was gonna talk for real, so I guess we talking for hey, real. Listen, <laughs> for real. So, I, uh, so I thought if I maximize the video, it would take up the whole screen. So it went away. It likes as soon as I put it on share, the whole video spiked off. And show my background, which I'm glad my text messages and stuff not open. Okay, take two. Y'all ready? Brace yourself. Let's do it. You just came oh. back to us again. It's all good. Just take I your time. You know. <laughs> take your time. Take your time. Okay. Boom. 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 How are you gonna deal with it, sir? So when it came to Zaire playing basketball, I had to realize Zaire, you're not me. Your strengths and your talents is this. Let me tap into that with you. Okay, it's not about me. And when it came to Zaya, let me tap in. Okay, Zaya, let me look in the mirror because I'm gonna tell y'all something. And people don't don't want to hear this and don't believe this. At three years old, me and my wife looked at each other and we said, "What if? What if Zaya come home? Zaya, at the time, the name was Zion. If Zion comes home one day and say, Dad, I'm gay,' or Dad, I'm this, I'm that. What are you gonna do, sir? That's real. And so what I did at three, when Zaya was three, is I prepared myself and I looked in the mirror and I said, "Yeah, what are you gonna do?" Because you're in a locker room where all the guys use is nothing but you gay, you this, you that, you facts, whatever. So I'm in that locker room every day. What are you going to do, sir, when it comes, if your child comes home and say, dad, sorry, I don't want no parts of basketball. I don't want no parts of your life. That's this huge. is my life and this is how I am. How are you going to do it? You thought about that at three? I thought about that at three years when old. Did, when did Zaya have that conversation with Eight you? Eight years old, five years later. Okay, so here's my question, right? Because that was, that was important. I just kind of explained to you how I feel about my kids, right? There's a there's an obsession with my children that's probably unhealthy, right? And so as soon as I heard about Zaya, I started paying attention. I became Monday morning father, right? And I said, this is what I do. This is what I feel. This is what I would say. I'm going to be 100% honest with you, bro. Everything that you did had nothing to do with the thoughts that I had. Mm. And you made me check myself, right? Because I claim I love my kids. Right. I claim I support my kids and I'm watching another man who, who I admire. Right. Another man who's lived a life not only on the court, but off the court. That is to be that is to be emulated, do things differently than I would as a parent. And then very recently, I looked at your child. Sound went out or is it just me? Me too. Yeah, it went out. Okay. That's a nice jacket. 
It oh, really is. Jack. What is that? That <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> what is that? What is this? This, <laughs> this is actually a really good podcast. Have time. I can't hear you now. What'd you say? I said this is actually a really good podcast. You guys should check it out. They have uh 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 I am woman uh break off of this also for the ladies. Well it's for guys too, but it's pretty good. Dominic. Yeah, I I love it. Talk to me. I was one of them girls you met in the club in Atlanta. But I had oh. just got there. I met you like my first or second week in Atlanta. So, I just there. Yeah, so funny <laughs> funny story like the opposite sex because I was ignorant. I didn't understand. Right. So when it hit, when it hit my doorstep at three years old, like I said, when me and my wife looked at each other, right. And the reason we looked at each other is because of this, you know, as kids, I used to put on heels. I used to put on, I used to do all those things. I try, I try to put on whatever my sisters wear. When all my sisters did, I try to do those things. So at first I said to myself, Oh no, I did that. So I ain't just doing the things that I did. And then they kept going further and further. And then me and my wife had to look at each other and say, well, well, what if? And at that moment, everything that I was taught went out the window because now I'm a parent. And my own, my sole job and my sole responsibility is to make sure that this kid grow up knowing that it's supported and is loved. All right. Hmm. So that brings me to our next talking point, our next question. I'm sorry, Alexis. Um, our next talking point, our next question is, um, so what we discussed so far, um, what do you think about the biases regarding to gender and sexuality? And do you think that this is an example of how the black community views gender and sexuality? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, Dominic brought up a good point where he was like, before we exit the womb, we are like forced into societal norms. And you see it, like you see it at these, y'all, I'm really not a fan of, of gender reveals like at all. Gender but, <laughs> like, I really don't, like, I don't understand why people are like, hey, my child has a penis, boom. Like I don't, I don't get gender reveals. Um, but you see them like, oh, guns or bows or footballs or pom-poms, whatever like that. Like you're forcing these children um, into, these societal norms, like these gender norms, and before they can even think, or they're even here, and then you get situations like Zaya, where she was like, "Hey, so now um, I don't identify uh, it like as the gender that I was assigned at at birth, and I would love for you guys to respect me like I respect you, and call me by the name I want to be called by, uh, call me by, address me by the pronouns I want to be addressed by, and not assume that just because I." was assigned male at birth that I want to play with basketballs or uh, ride bikes or I can't cry when I get hurt or whatever like that. Like we can't say that we want, um, kind of like me jumping into the future. We can't say that we want men who are whole emotionally and who are whole like mentally if we don't let them express emotions when they're younger. Like <laughs> we can't say, oh, well, he don't talk to me. Well, his family didn't let him talk when he was younger. He wasn't able to feel his feelings and emote when he was younger. Um, and we can't raise our children like this, male or female. We can't raise our children like this and expect them to be whole adults. So I'm not a big fan of gender norms at all. Um, and I fight heavily against them. And I ask people all the time, why? Why? Like, if you, you say you want to do this, why? Tell me why you are continuing down these often detrimental norms 
that have been placed on us as a society, not just in the black community, but heavily in the black community, um, but across all communities. Yeah, that was a really solid points, like from top to bottom. Like it is like once again going back to like the conversation of like it's it's you gotta make a it, you feel like you have to make a choice in areas and like sometimes you aren't maybe you aren't ready to make a choice or maybe you aren't comfortable and you're still pushed. So I, I think once again, I'm I'm really glad that you picked this clip because like like I'm a huge uh Dwayne Wade fan. Like he's he's probably like one of my favorite athletes and to see like someone who's in this level even bring these conversations to the forefront, um, it, it means that we're hopefully headed in the right direction. Okay. Um, you so, want to? <laughs> um, I am on a totally different side of the park than um, our other two um, representatives um, mm -hmm. on, on, on the conversation. Um, I feel as though there is, it, it plays a role when we talk about identifying as male and as female. That's my personal opinion. Um, I do agree with you that we need to stop making men feel as though, you know, if you show emotion, that's weak. Um, those conversations definitely need to be had, but I don't think that necessarily needs to be tied to a gender. So. I agree with you when you say, you know, men shouldn't men men shouldn't be you know taught to not show that emotion. That's a big problem within our community. Agree one hundred percent with that. Um, but I quite honestly believe that if you're born with a penis, you are a male. If you're born with a vagina, you are a female. There's no need to confuse the two. Like. That's how God created you. That's how you were created. Um, those are the terms that apply. Now, if you're a guy and you don't want to play football, that's fine. Doesn't make you less than a man. Um, so I agree with you on that. I just feel as though we're just going down a slippery slope when we just allow people to just say, hey, this is how I feel today. This is who I am. Um, I feel like, I just feel as though it's a slippery slope for our society to just create those spaces. Um, so yeah, I, I respect you all. Um, and I'll say this about D Wade. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with D Wade um, from a parent's perspective. Um, I feel as though it's your responsibility to you know teach and nurture your child. But I will say that after hearing what he said about you know I'm just wanting to see his child be happy and him just figuring out the best way to support. Um, it completely kind of changed my view on him and how he was dealing with it. Cause I, like Ryan Clark said, I had to sit back a little bit and think like, damn, like what would I really do? Would I really try to force something on my child that he or she, you know, didn't like? No, I wouldn't. So um, I, I stand with him in regards to, you know, him supporting his child. Um, I just don't know how I personally would deal with a situation like that. Um, so, so, so Chiz, real quick yeah. before before you finish that, and I, I don't anybody else can jump on Chiz as well. And I'm not jumping on you; I'm just bringing something up. Um, so the reason that clip was brought up was for this part portion of the segment, which you know we have a level of discomfort of sexuality and um, gender 
um, identity in the black community. Um, I think we're probably one of the last to the party when it comes to accepting the fact that um, this is something that exists within our community. Um, so are you saying that um, if you're born a woman, you're a woman, if you're born a man, you're a man, and it's, it's so, so does that mean you will just continue to project the masculine um, aspects of that gender or feminine aspects of that gender based on that alone and not recognizing at some point or another that child does not register or understand what you're trying to project on them? Projecting what aspect? What, what, what do you mean in regards to projecting so, what? So it, it sounds like from, from what you're saying, it's, it's more of a um, nature versus nurture, right? Um, you're naturing, you're, you're, yes, you're naturing a child at, in, in the social aspect of things. So socially, he or she um, is born with a particular um, chromosome. So therefore, that's what they should be. Um, but not nurturing the fact that maybe they may not feel that way. Right? So, and, and so, go ahead. But that's who you are, though. Like, that's what you were born as. Um, so when we sit here and we talk about transgender, right, there are direct differences between those and females. When we talk about what we're going through right now with sports, where you have someone that's transitioning from, you know, uh, uh, a male into a female, and you see them turn around to a sport and completely dominate, that's not right. Like, there are some things that need to be kept intact. If you are born a certain way, that's who you are. That's where you were born at. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell my son that, oh, if pink is your favorite color, then you're not a man. I'm not going to tell my daughter, oh, if blue, is, if blue is your favorite color, then you're not, you know. Like, I'm not looking to push those type of, you know, projections on them. Not whatsoever. Um, I'm not looking to, you know tell them that they're any less than what they are, but the, their preference. But if you're a man, you're a man. If you're a female, you're a female. Um, uh, that's just how I feel so, Jax, you want this or you want me to handle it? Because I feel like, <laughs> like we're on the same wave, Lynn. <laughs> you want to handle this or uh, you want me to? No, I don't. I, 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 God, I feel like we're going to team up for real. So, I feel a little so, bun going on so, over there, man. So let me set the stage real quick, right? So um, this is an open dialogue, and um, and no one at no point um, we want anybody to feel attacked. This is yeah. definitely everyone's ability to speak freely upon their opinions and their ideologies. So um, you know, I, I just want to have that as the stage, and you know, not putting shiz out there as a martyr, but he's expressing an opinion that a lot of people actually mm -hmm. feel, mm -hmm. right? Right. And so yeah. I want to set the stage to ensure that. The conversation is um, informative and not combative, right? Yeah. Um, there, there's definitely we are definitely in the right space to have a difference in opinions. Um, mm -hmm. We just don't want it so, to get to a point where page, there is. Page, go ahead. I, 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 I appreciate you trying to have my back, brother, but I got thick skin. <laughs> oh so no, no, no! I wasn't. I wasn't saying I'm for all, that. Yeah, this I'm is all for difference in opinion. Everybody's right, opinion, right. Respect well, no, it's it's not just for this. I, I just wanted to make sure that the audience also understood this, right? Yeah, I definitely, definitely for the audience. Love, 
we would definitely love our audience members to join the show and never feel as though that I can't jump on that show because I'm a feel attacked. Um, everybody on here got super thick skin and, you know, we just want the, I just wanted to say this for the audience so that they know that, you know, that the, the panel are professionals. They are amazing individuals that are, are understanding of having open and free opinion. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, his friend. No, I honestly, no, when this started, uh, um, Ashley said she was playing that video and I knew you were going to be on here and I followed you on Facebook and I already knew. Um, but the only thing I will say, because I, I know I'm not going to be able to change your mind and I hope that not today at some point that, um, that, you know, something, something causes you to think in a different way about it. But that's not what I do. I'm gonna be able to do here. What I will say is, is, is two things. First thing is um, just a Y and Y and X like chromosome that doesn't necessarily always correlate with uh, with genitalia. So so I think we talk about the science of it, and I'm not like and that's not something I can I don't have it cited citable here, but that's an easily Googleable thing. But like mm -hmm. that is, has been proven that the chromosomes don't are always line up with genitalia. The second thing I will say is um, whether or not you fully understand or accept um, people for who they choose to choose or, or don't feel like it's a choice for them to be. I think I where I have a hard time with us as black people when we have such um, a hard time understanding um, other people and, and, and their plights is, is, is the same for us. It hurts, I don't think it hurts anyone or anything at a, at a base level. Cause at the end of the day, I don't think any of us here are coaching a team where we have to make some of the, these other decisions, these bigger decisions, or, or deciding for the Olympics who can play what. But at a base level, I think we can um, call people what they want to be called, um, address them as they want to be addressed. Um, mm -hmm. Whether that is, um, as long as it, um, it, it doesn't hurt us in any way. Um, I could say a lot, lot more. I feel very deeply about a lot of it, but I think at a minimum, you know, Malcolm X. When did you call Malcolm X? We call him that, and and you can say it's a, a false equivalency, but it but it but it's but it's not. It's it's at a base level where you're actually going to uh, interact with it or engage with it. It's just treating people the way that you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. uh, Muhammad Ali. When did we call? When did we call Muhammad Ali? We called him that. Um, I think, and I think if when we're talking about children, we're talking about. Um, um, People are worried about like, well, what, what, what will people think, or what would like, what will the children think? I think it's a very good lesson to teach children to just respect people the way they ask to be respected. Mm -hmm. That's all I have. Can, can can I ask a question? And I just want to ask one rebuttal, Jack. Is there ever a me? line there? Though? Sure. Yeah. And so so you said people deserve to be called whatever they want to be called. Agreed. Is there ever a line though? So if I wake up today and I'm like, yo, I'm walking around, my skin is black. But I feel like I'm a white man today. Am I a white man? So okay, I. You know what? <laughs> I just want to. I just want to. No, 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 no. And I, I love that. I love that you brought that up because I, I get this a lot whenever we talk about or whenever okay. I have the conversation about um, transgender or any anything outside of like the cishet norm. Um, it's not we. So oftentimes. 
folks think that, oh, it's a, you wake up today and I decide that I want to be a man or I decide that that's not the case. I knew from birth, I knew from birth that I was cisgendered, mostly hetero, mostly. Um, I knew that from birth. Every gay person I've met in my life has known from birth, from a young age, from a very young age, that they were gay. It wasn't just a, I woke up the next day or I woke up at 15 and decided I was interested in men. Their parents, and I mean, you see, you you see this in stores, like you see onesies with future lady killer, or she's knocking the boys dead, or like <laughs> that. You're projecting sexuality on infants, like, and then they'll be like, "Oh well, that kid doesn't know he's gay, but you knew he was straight." Like, I don't. There's no. You can't. You, you can't have it both ways. Like, you you can't have it both ways. So you can either say that people know from a young age that they are what they are. Or you can say that, oh, I woke up and decided that I wanted to be this. Like, there's no, just like you knew you were a straight man, they know they're gay. Just like you knew you were um, cisgender, they know they're transgender. Like, it's, you just know, you just know. And like Jack said, you, you, I don't want to say you owe them that respect, but you should give it to them. You should give people the respect that you, you want at least, you know? And as far you brought up a good point about sports, and that's an argument that's often given out. Oh well, um, a trans woman is uh, she's going to have an unfair advantage on the track team or whatever like that. And you see like this one one situation out of millions or hundreds of thousands, and that one is spotlighted. And they're like, well, that's not fair to those who have been training, bruh. Serena Williams is cishet. But Serena what? But Serena Williams is a different is a different beast too though. She's she's a one in a million as well. But she's also but she's also female. She's 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 also female who was born a like I feel like you discount all of the women. I feel like you discount all of the cishet um female athletes who have done great in their in their fields by saying, Oh, well, once you get a trans woman in there, they ain't gonna be no good. Like you you discount all their hard work. I'm definitely not trying to play tennis with Serena. Like, it's not gonna happen. Not gonna. Uh, I'll be embarrassed. Like, she she just decimate me. Um, and, I mean, and so I, I I I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you nah, off. No, go ahead, Dominic. I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll go after because it's a conversation for all three of y'all I, now at this point. <laughs> no, I, I I think that um overall, like once again, um we have to allow people the space to be you know who they are or whether we you know understand it. Or, or not. And I think for, for me, once again, as an adult looking back, I think most of us can look back on our childhood saying like it was stuff maybe we didn't understand or didn't understand fully. And now as an adult, it's like, ah, like, dang, like that's what was going on or, or, or you know what I'm saying? That's what was happening. Um, so I, I think it's important to, cause I know I have family uh, members that um, they're gay or, or they're trans um, I, I have almost a few in each category um, and growing up with them and looking back like, yeah, like he's been this way like since before I could remember or she's been this way since before I could remember. And I'll say they're just as consistent uh, then as, as they are now. And so it made me when I got into a space to where I was around people I didn't understand or I was around, you know, people that I may not necessarily have agreed with their lifestyle and, and I still may not. It just gave me a base level of respect 
um, because I, I think if anybody can understand being ostracized and being um, uh, separated and put apart and made to feel bad about it, it's black people. And I always tell people like in, in, in life, we have what I call regular people issues and then we have black issues also. So everything's compounded. And I always say it's nothing worse than being black and, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm a black man, so I'm still near the bottom of the totem pole. But I often say, "Thank God I'm not black and gay." And it's it's horrible that I even have to think like that, um, because I see some of the struggles that you know my young gay uh, black uh, friends go through, or my young uh, black trans friends go through. And it's just it's like, man, like I never really knew the dynamic of how serious it was to just not allow people the space to literally just be who they are. And it just really started to change my mindset on how I even approach and um, give space and respect to people. Dominic, I would just say, I understand what you're saying, but I have a, a hard time with the framing of like, thank God I'm black and thank God I'm a woman. Like I, I can't, I can't imagine being something else. I understand like what yeah. you mean and I'm it, like in America, but I, I don't know, I think there's a, I get what you're saying, but I feel like we can frame that better because I don't want yeah, to. And, and, and I'm sure I we can frame it better. Like, I know what you're saying. And, and I, I said it like that on purpose because we are here for understanding and we are here to talk. And so maybe you can give me a better way to frame it because like that's one of the issues I feel like we have in these conversations and why we are afraid to talk about them because mm -hmm. sometimes we don't quite know how to frame things or we are scared that we may offend somebody and we walk on eggshells. So like I'm more than willing to be open to making mistakes in this conversation. I, I'm, I'm willing to be open to help. Like I, I would love for if you have any extra knowledge on how you would even frame stuff. Like I'm, I'm yeah. all down for that. Hey, Jax, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to get Dominic right. not canceled. Okay, so I mean between Dominic right now. Somebody's gonna get canceled by tomorrow. No, no I'm, I'm, just I'm not trying to cancel you. I just, I just wanna, I just wanna. When we talk about black blackness, and yes, there's struggle, but there's so much joy and beauty too. I just don't. I, it, it is, but that, I don't but know. That what, I don't know what the right word, but you know. But that that it's was unfortunate that, to be born in America in these situations sometimes. But you know, I wouldn't. These same problems are all over the world. Want to circle, I kind of want to circle back a little bit. Sorry, Paige and Ashley for kind of taking over here a little bit. <laughs> but um, you know, it's, I, a, it's I, open. Respect. It's an open conversation. Enjoy. Okay, so I respect all your opinions, one hundred percent. I love conversations and dialogues like this. But what I'm still trying to get from from you all is where is the line drawn? If there is a line, and to why do, you know, why would we say, be drawing lines? Okay, so Probably be fine lines 50, for other people. Okay, so if I'm a 50 year old man, right, and I say, hey, I've always felt like I was a child growing up. I always felt young. Is that acceptable? Are we saying, hey, that's cool. Accept him for who he is. Is that okay? Is that not a? Is that a line? Are we not accepting him? Like he's like, saying I he's feel, a I, child. I, I I can't hear. Yeah. I, I missed it. I think that those he's equating trans transgender to pedophilia. I think that those scenarios draw uh, uncommon. Like, it's not a parallel. Um, no. Saying why? Why, why not? So how not? how does how does a perversion turn into? Uh, it doesn't compare to 
someone D-West said that they noticed when Zaya was three, they noticed that they was going to be preparing for this conversation. So that would mean some child, some eight-year-old was always crawling around with toddlers. I'm trying to, I don't understand how we set up that scenario so that it is a Did you say they feel like a child or they feel you like, it. like they you should see be it now. D, D, and, and, this, and, and this is where I have a, and this is where for me, I kind of misunderstand this whole, oh, if this person wants to identify this, this is who they say we are, we are supposed to accept it. That's why the question I initially asked is, is there a line? If there, and if oh. there is a line, where's the line drawn? Because it's- And we're not harming so, someone else. If you're bringing in you somebody see? else and, har and harming a child. Well, I, so, so, I did, so, I did. so let's, let's I, I think the your use case was actually misinterpreted. So can you reiterate your use case? I, I think what he was saying was, if I'm an 80 year old man, but I feel like a child, right? Is it okay for mm -hmm. him to continue to feel like a child, not to be with a child? I think that yeah, was lost in translation. Um, and I think um, I, I just wanted to clear that up. I, I heard it, but I think in the midst of um, your earbuds are choppy, Chiz. And so that's probably why um, the conversation is coming in and out. Um, right, but can you hear me better now? Yes, much yes, better, much, much better. better. So to Chiz's like point. I'm asking y'all if y'all can hear me or not. <laughs> no, we heard you. It was just going okay. in and out, and we weren't but, sure where it was but coming. But that's and and that's my and that's just an example. Um, now, once again, I'm not advocating I, for any type I, of I have an discrimination, for you, anything like that. But my my question is, is there a line? And if there is a line, where is the line drawn? Because you keep saying, you know, accept that that's who they say they are. That's who they are without any type of pushback or anything. It's like you're just free to do, be, and say whatever you are. And there are laws, there are rules, there are somewhat societal norms that are put in place for a reason. You can't just let stuff just run amok and just be like, oh, that's who they say they are today. That's who they are. Or that's who they felt as though they've always been. That's who they are. Like, it's to, to me, it's just a slippery slope. That's how I feel okay. personally. So to your point, the, the example you use, go ahead, Jax, go ahead. <laughs> I have two things. Hey, um. As, as black people, we should realize that like when we're saying like, at, you know, these rules, like that these rules are in place for a reason. That's some real colonial ass shit. If it does not feel spiritual, if it does not feel like the rules that we create collectively in a community. And, and I, just, I just want us to recognize when we are like, oh, the powers that be say so, it should be so. Mm. You know, in Ghana, it said that like it's it was it was a beautiful thing that that the, the British don't people use Ghana as an example in this one, Jackie, because we this <laughs> no, is it. This <laughs> colonization is colonization. Whether we're talking about our genitals, our bodies, like everything that we have learned up to this point is been taught to us by puritanical uh, cultures, right? Just, but the other thing I will say, just, wait, I want to answer. I want to answer your other question. There are apps, and we were, were on our sexuality conversation. There are absolutely grown people that walk around fetish clubs that enjoy being babies, and there are actually people who enjoy sexuality with them. And that is, is between consenting adults. So the answer is yes. For me, there there is no line unless you're harming people, other people. Okay, and then I wanted to add on top of that. So you you said the age thing out even if we're not using sexuality. So completely take sex out of the equation. You're saying 80 year old is saying that they feel like a child. We have a term for that, being young at heart. Like we literally have a term for that. We recognize that. Having youthful energy. We 
as a culture, as a like as a society, have a term for that. So we have somebody, oh, they're youthful. Oh, they're 75. Oh, you don't look a day over 40. Oh, you you're young at heart. Look at him out there acting like a third, like so we have terms for that. So it's not like we don't. And I just I just wanted to make sure that you weren't um I, like I said, I don't want to cancel. I want to so, make sure that you aren't doing what no, no, no. I heard you no, when it came you know, to you know I, I heard ahead. you when you brought up the pedophilia aspect. Yeah, um, because a lot of people at, equate at that. that. Point, They'll say, oh, gay, uh, LGBTQIA, and they immediately go to pedophilia or they immediately mm -hmm. go to reality. Like they're now, like, well, it's a slippery slope and you're going to fuck dogs and all that. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not where we're going with this. I mean, <laughs> so when, 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 I first, I, when I first initially said it, no, that's not where I was going with it because, you know, it's, it's I feel as though it's just, it, it, this is a slippery slope. But we have to understand as well when you look in society that, you know, those type of conversations are being had, though, too. Like we can ignore it. We could try to say that, you know, it's not the same thing. And I don't obviously I got two young kids. I'll shoot anybody that tried to do anything like that. But those type of people exist as well. And they're trying to use the the space that we've created for, you know, the LGBTQ, you know, AI or IA, my apologies if I mess it up. They're trying to use that same that same level of acceptance that that community is asking for it to be accepted as well. And I don't agree with it. But logically, when you have that conversation now, you say, hey, just accept me for who I am. What how do you combat that by just simply saying, oh, you know, they are a child as well. But you're sitting here saying that you are OK with a child. As well, identifying as transgender, or identifying as lesbian, or identifying as bisexual, or identifying, you know, as gay. So, like, where is the line drawn here? Like, where, like, it it gets mucky, and I feel as though it's a slippery slope in that aspect. I really do. So, so, okay, so I got let things. me let me let me okay. let me jump in real quick. So, <clears throat> Jax presented a, uh, a point, and I think this is kind of a a sentiment that's been presented across the board. Um, a lot of the existing social constructs were not made for certain subsets of the community or of society. Um, one, a lot of the social ah, social constructs were not made for black people. They were not made for um, non-cis head people, right? And so when we look at um, the communication that goes out around those people that don't fit within the social construct, there's also the other thing that goes out. There's fear mongering that goes out as it relates to, if you don't understand, let's set a level of fear so that we can continue to divide our communities, All right? And so to what um, Jazz was saying, you know, it's what we communicate out into the world is very important, right? Um, I think Jax has been trying to um, portray the beauty of things as it relates to sexuality. And the conversation has gone into. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm you know sorry. What I mean? Oh no, 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 no! Never, never need to apologize. I, I think it's there. There's two sides of the conversation that we should always keep in mind, right? Mm -hmm. There is where where Shiz is coming from is a genuine place from his experience as a parent, right? Mm -hmm. And from his experience and his upbringing, um, and what is portray to us. There's a lot of propaganda and there's a lot of um, messaging 
that is put out there that we don't always have control over. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times when there's fear, the messaging that invokes that fear is what's heard loudest, right? And so I wanna make sure that we are all on the same page and understanding that to your points, right? When you guys misheard what he was saying about the old guy, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to be young, there was that you guys kind of went the other direction, right? And that's why mm-hmm. I wanted to bring him back to, to bringing the, the, the use case back. But then on Chiz's side is there is, there is that fear within the community that you start opening unisex bathrooms that, you know, somebody may want to do something to my child. Unfortunately, there are bad people out there that want to do bad things, but I think we can't project that energy out into the atmosphere, right? If we continue to project that energy, that energy will return. So um, let's switch the conversation. Wait, 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 real quick, real real quick, real quick. I I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna make this real quick. Give me two minutes, real quick. So um, I work in the field that I am now, that's completely different from what I studied. I studied criminal justice. I actually did my internships with Juvie Sex Crimes right here in Houston. So I saw the, like, I saw the worst of the worst. And you wanna know who was portraying these crimes against children? Straight men of esteem. It wasn't LGBTQIA members doing this. These were the firefighters. These were the pastors. These were the principals. These were, these were the people, the people who society saw as normal perpetuate mm-hmm. these crimes against children. So like like Paige was saying, this fear mongering, it's worked, unfortunately. And so you have, that's why you have this correlation. Well, they're gonna go after the kids. No, you know who's going after the kids? Chad, David, <laughs> like, like the men who are going after the kids, not, um, you're, you're, it's not the other, like it's not the, LGBTQ, the LGBTQIA, the alphabet gang. I'm, I'm just gonna say the alphabet game. It's not, and it's sad that that message has gotten heard the loudest. Like they say, a lie travels three times as far uh, faster than than the truth, and that lie traveled so fast, and people believed it for so long. And I, I just want to jump in uh, before Paige moves on to his next point. I appreciate you, Chiz, because I literally read through all the comments, and whenever every time you're having this discussion on your page, and I know that you have that that particular view. I do apologize for misinterpreting what you said, and I know that from our panel, my lovely panel that I picked, um, I know that all of y'all have you guys' stance. And I think that I may be one of the people like, while I am here for the freedom, I'm also in agreement, which is like, I don't know some situations I look at it and I can understand in some situations I look at it. I'm glad that D-Wade is able to support and love his child. So it's like, I think that that's one of the things in our community and I'm glad we're having this conversation. Um, we We gotta figure out how to feel how we feel about the conversation without just throwing away, completely just throwing away the other spectrum. And like Paige said, eliminate the fear mongering. Okay, I'm done. Sorry, Chris. Thank you, Ashley. So I, I wanna, you know, before we move over to the next segment, I really wanna talk about the other aspect of sexuality and um Jax, you kind of alluded to it earlier, right? Um, you know, there is the and, and this is something that I've come across, right? Um, 
you know, there are women out there who have not experienced pleasure to the sense where they know where they don't know whether they've come or not. They don't know, they don't believe in sexually pleasing themselves to the point, you know, you lost your virginity to yourself, right? Um, you know, that's that's a whole other conversation. Not you. I said I not was you. Not, I was not, you. <laughs> not you per se, but you know, there's there's the whole there's there's your side of the spectrum and then there's the other side of the spectrum, not to call them, you know, um inexperienced, but you know, and, and this is also another form of controlling one's sexuality is there's a subset of women who've been told, oh, you don't do that. Um, a man is supposed to please you. Um, a man is supposed to do all these things. But if you don't know what pleases you, how do you truly enjoy sex? Because, I mean, for guys, I don't know about y'all, but I learned early on what felt right. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things where our appendage allows us to experience it <laughs> easier, <laughs> if, if that makes any sense. Um, and and you know, the, 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 the ongoing joke is, you know, your 13 year olds in this room, uh, wasting away lotion and, and socks. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you don't hear that same sentiment as it relates to women. So, um, the, 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 the question here is, you know, at, at what point do we kind of free ourselves and allow us to enjoy ourselves sexually? I think it comes with education to be quite honest with you, educating yourself. Um, and then just finding out, you know, what you're comfortable with. Um, and then I think, like, for me, even this conversation, I find myself laughing, but it's kind of because I'm seeing, I, I see myself in my mind, like I'm uncomfortable a little bit and I don't know why, right? Because it, it's still, it's still a conversation of like, when you talk about sex, sex is supposed to be more person, more private, more personal. I feel as though it's like what people, what we've kind of been taught through society is like what you like, you keep to yourself. Um, but what I've learned is when you're with your partner, you need to be vocal. You need to let them know what you like, what you don't like and have those conversations. Sometimes we don't. And I think that contributes to the fact of why we see women that, you know, aren't, you know, pleased properly because men, we could be selfish <laughs> um, and we don't ask those questions to say, hey, what can I do better? Like, or, you know, in the process, asking questions of talking. But to answer your question, education is number one. Like, you need to be educated on it, 100%. Um, I, oh, go ahead, Jax, go ahead. No, no, go, go. Um, I, it's many things, many things. I think um, when we say like, how do we, how do we, for ourselves, for ourselves, when you know better, you do better, right? But that's like hard. It's very fucking hard, right? Uh, sometimes. Huh? <laughs> what did you I say? Said, I said sometimes. You said when you know better, you do better. And I was like, sometimes. Right. Um. So education, but education, what? Like, there's no book on my body. Like, you should be. We we should porn.com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. And, and that's why y'all not pleasing that women. Time to level up. Time to level up. There's so many other ones that are that way better searches. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, 
don't, you know, those things weren't, porn, porn can't teach you. I would say, and I would also, I mean, and I also wouldn't just put it on women. Like, there are women who are not, who are not reaching their, well, I'll say, there are women who are not fully reaching their full potential of pleasure. There are men who are coming that are not reaching their full potential of, of pleasure. We do what comes easy. We do that, what we've seen in porn. Um, but there's so, there's so much possibility that exists through orgasm, through through touch, through through breath. Like you can change the fucking world um, through breathing through an orgasm, but we, we don't know that. So I think, um, and it's, it's and it's defiance, right? It's also like decolonizing what we think is supposed it, we're supposed to be doing. But also, I think for the purposes of this conversation, decolonizing the way we teach and talk about sex too. So for yourself, you know, just start touching everywhere and see, and then taking your time touching everywhere and, and, and trying anything that interests you for the future in general, teaching other people to start touching themselves and start really exploring what feels good and what feels right for your body and connecting the things that you want um, with what you ask for and what you do for yourself. Somebody's at my door. I will be back. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all hit the nail right on the head. So it's a combination of both, like education and experimentation. Oftentimes, um, especially as I grew up in the church, so um, the whole purity thing was forced primarily on girls, which is weird. Um, but it's like, oh, you don't need to be touching yourself, or that's not of God, or whatever like that. And I'm and you don't know what you're going to like. Like, I can't tell a partner what I like in bed if I don't know. Now, granted, I can't choke myself properly, but I know how I like to be choked, so I can express that to a partner, but that's right. a passive conversation. <laughs> but, it, I mean, you have to do experimentation with it. So, like, I can't say, oh, kiss me here, bite me here, pull this, whatever, if I haven't had those experiences, right? And I wouldn't know to have those experiences if I didn't know that, oh, these are erogenous zones. If I didn't have the education, education, and and like learning that oh these are erogenous zones oh this I mean this can make sex better or oh sometimes bondage is fun and like you like learning about different things understanding different things and then experimenting with them and seeing what you like changes the game and being like not being afraid to step outside of I don't want to say societal norms because it's not really societal norms. We just don't talk about it. Like, I feel like more people are into being choked and more people are into being tied up than actually talk about it. Because once I say, oh, yeah, I like being choked, people are like, oh, girl, me too. Well, let's talk about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, people, like the proper way. I don't know. It's just. So, not so, the question that, so the question at the bottom of the screen, right, is how do we normalize a conversation? Um, around you know gender identity and or sexuality, how how do we how do we bring that to become something that it's not uh, something that's brushed under the rug, right? Like to your point, like let's let's stick on sexuality here, right? You know, Shiz's head poked up when he said he you like to be choked. You know what I'm saying? That's a natural reaction. We try to see if my hands is big enough to reach around your throat. You know what I'm saying? It's not even that. And so unless you have to make sure you're not choked, you're not exactly um, a blood vessel. You're not blocking off an airway. So exactly. you don't have to do it all the way around my throat. So and, and, and so and so the other thing that you know um, we we saw back in the day. Well, not back in the day. It's still going around. But like sex parties are like hush hush type events, right? Yeah. Um, you know, sex toy parties are hush hush events, you know, and and you know, we go back to societal norms. I think that depends on your friend circle. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yours is out loud. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, so you know, we're, we're going back to societal norms, and you know, it, it looks like societal norms has suppressed the expression and the conversation around sexuality. Um, how do we change that? Um, I, I I think personally that we normalize it. We have to have the conversations. Um, yes. and like. Trill was saying that he's really uncomfortable. I, I think we all, you know, we like to avoid what makes us uncomfortable. Um, and, and when people push boundaries that we aren't comfortable with, it makes us feel uncomfortable. Um, even if they're around or, you know, you're experiencing something, it's kind of like nothing becomes, you don't understand anything more unless you do it or you look into it. Like, I can't expect to get better at math if I never do it. Um, so I may have to sift through myself, you know, like, like we do physical exercise, like we should do mental exercises, like and, and sift through ourselves to see what we really think, um, why we feel this way. Um, until we can normalize those conversations with ourselves, we can't expect to have them with other people. So I always tell people that um, the first journey begins with self. Um, and, and it's easier said than done. Like, you know, if, if I always tell people if mental health and, and uh, self-identity uh, measures were, were cool, everybody would be doing them. Um, and, and we'd all be perfect and we all, you know, could have a utopia, but that's just not the case. And so we have to do the hard work to make sure that we can, you know, that's, it's important. Like we, we don't have kids, but like, even if I, I if I'm lucky enough to have kids one day, I want to be so confident in myself and who I am that they can have that same identity of assurance and who they are, no matter who they are or, or, or which direction they decide to go. So I'm going to put the fellas on the spot real quick. Um, sure. I, I know Jax and Jazz, you guys are good with this question. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you you with a young lady and she's like, yo, bro, I need look, look, my man, I need you to spice this thing up a little bit. You know, who is expected to bring the conversation of toys up? She is or you? I will. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm you know, is, is that a, is that a, so, and, and that's the thing is like, at what point in a relationship do you feel comfortable bringing that up? And, and Jazz and Jax, I mean, I, the only reason I put the guys on the spot is because I know you guys aren't hesitant to bring it up. Right. But I, I just do what, Jax, I ain't putting you out there. But who are you talking to? Like, I, I want people to know that, like, I don't know what you're talking about. But, but it's, it's, it's something that, you know, um, and not everyone, and not every man is comfortable enough to bring in the toy into their bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, not realizing, to Jack's point, the level of pleasures you bring her makes things better for you because that gawk gawk may come right afterwards. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, for sure. I mean, to, to be quite, to be honest with you, um, I won't sit here and say like, oh, I'm, I'm like crazy experienced with using toys and stuff like that. Like, oh, it's something I'm always bringing up in a conversation. Um, but probably after, you know, a couple interactions, you know, and just as you mold, you know, that connection with that person and starting to ask like, what are some different things that you like? Have you ever tried this? Would you try this? Do you want to try this together? Um, maybe we go to a sex store together. Um, I won't, like I said, I won't sit here and make it seem like it's something I've did with every partner. 
or something like that that I've had. But it's def. I, I just think it comes to a level of comfortability, really. Um, and just when you feel comfortable, I don't think for anyone it should be a conversation that you try to force. To just be something that kind of develops organically, really. Um, and then, I mean, at some point when you're sleeping or potentially about to take it to that level of sleep with someone, you have those conversations naturally. Like, oh, what do you like? What are you into? Like, so most times people are going to bring that up. I mean, or sometimes people will just be shy. I'm more of a person, like, I'd rather you just develop naturally. Because I just feel like when you develop naturally and organically, it just makes that much more better. Um, because you develop your own level of comfortability in a process. Um, so that's just how I follow through with it. But it's not something like, you know, day two on the second date is like, oh, what toy do you want to use when we have sex or something like that? Um, <laughs> it's definitely something, you know, I think you just work, work into that experience and that journey with getting to know that person that you're dealing with, honestly. And then there are different toys. Like I think oftentimes when at least um, some of the, the male partners that I had, or I've primarily had male partners, most of the partners that I've had, uh, whenever I brought up toys, and I truly mean most, they immediately thought about like dildos and vibrate penetrative um, toys. And I'm like, bro, there's also suckling devices. There are beads. There are like, rings. there's so, <laughs> right. There are rings. Like, there's so many other things. And so they're like, oh, so you, I'm not enough. And I'm like, bruh, like, let's go to the store. Like, it's, it's not even that I'm kind of hiding it for both of us because rings change the game. Uh, <laughs> they do. And people don't think about that. Like, they immediately go to, oh, you, uh, I'm not enough. You want to get that? No, there are so many other toys that, that can be used that can heighten the experience of both parties. Mm-hmm. Or all so parties, I, you have more than two I, people there. I, I think this Uh-oh. is actually even a, a, I won't say a funny uh, piece of the conversation, but I, I think we should notice how even the aura of feeling like, you know, one sector may not be as comfortable with toys as the other. Um, once again, why do, you, why do you think that is? Why do you think that guys are automatically, you know, hesitant to talk about toys and different things like that? Um, Personally, I feel like um, once again, it goes back to how we're molded. And, and the first thing you said is like, you know, it possibly makes me feel like I'm not enough. Like, why do you want to, you know, entertain other stuff in the bedroom? It's kind of like, well, you know, I feel like in life you should max, try to maximize anything you do. I'm not saying you got to be, you know, trying to overkill anything, but like, why would you not want to have a, a great sex life? Just like, why wouldn't you want to be as healthy as you, you could be? Why would you not want to, you know, have those dynamics and to, to have a balanced life? Um, and, and so I think sometimes we can't be afraid to be balanced people because it's actually pretty healthy. And that sometimes that's something that we never learn. And, and balance is key. And that, that goes for sex as well. So, you know, as a guy, like I'm always open to, you know, the possibilities. I'm not saying that I'm gonna do anything, but I'll at least hear you out before I tell you no. Like I'm not just gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm not not just automatically gonna shut shut you down if you, you know, come at me with what you may possibly like because you gotta have these conversations. I I, I always find it funny how I call it uh, fake intimacy, like how we want to take our clothes off of one another in the most intimate settings, but then not be intimate with one another. Mm. Um, so you know. <laughs> So you brought up a good point, Dominic, um, the whole fake intimacy. Do you think that, and this is a question to everybody, 
Um, do you think that every that you need to be um, emotionally and like intimate with someone who you are having sex with, or um, like, or like in the case of like one night stands, or um, yeah, essentially one night stands. Like, uh, how do y'all feel about those? Like, do because there I know I have a lot of I know a lot of people who's like who are who say that they have to have an emotional or an intimate connection mm -hmm. with someone in order to have yeah. sex with them. Mm -hmm. um, is that is that something y'all seen across the board, or is that <laughs> so? I'm actually one of those people. Um, to be quite honest with you, um, you know, this may come to a surprise to some people on this line, um, but <laughs> you know, I've never had a one night stand in my life, like never. Um, I'm a person to where um, I need to. I need to connect with a person on some level of a mental or emotional point before I even take it to, you know, a sexual encounter. Um, so yeah, that's me. I'm more of an emotional mental person. Um, the one night stands don't do anything for me. Um, so for me, um, and I've learned that's probably what gets me in a lot of situations that I should have been in. Cause I'm a really passionate and intimate person. Um, so like, that's something that I've had to kind of learn as I got older um, is how not to give myself my full self to a person so early. Um, Cause everybody doesn't necessarily deserve that all the time when you don't, when you haven't developed that level of chemistry yet. Um, Cause I'm like zero to a hundred real quick. Once like I connect with you, um, it's like, it's like no boundaries. Um, but yeah, I'm more of an emotional mental person um, on that aspect. So, yeah. That was like beautifully said. The one part where you're like, really like open yourself up. Like, I felt like, I don't know, it's really. Is amazing. this live again? Um, you gotta yeah. edit that out. <laughs> um, I like to, I'm not gonna, I can't connect with you like fully until I know how we connect that way. So, um, and you're yeah, still I'm not working, going back. Right? Uh, <laughs> so I'm not connected with anyone. Um, so I listen. I like. I look at life. I look at travel. I look at life, and I like to collect experiences. I like to experience new things. I like to see, you know, what's out there. And I think um, everything in my life. Uh, manifest itself that way. Um, not always. I think it took me a while to get to a place where I was like, no, if I want to try things, anything, like, I, 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 like the only thing, the only reason I won't try something is because I don't want to. I have no interest in it. Not because of what anything anyone in society thinks, not because I'm worried about, you know, someone's going to choose me in the end. Um, Cause I'm not worried about that. I choose myself every goddamn day. So <laughs> I don't have, no, I don't have, like, you know, um, it, yeah, I don't, I don't have to have a deep connection. I will say, and I don't know who's gonna watch this or not watch this, but I will say I've had experience that were short term, we'll say, but what a, you know, mm -hmm. very uh, 24 hour yeah. relationship. And they're <laughs> like, um, you know, I had someone say to him, like, no, like, you know, I think they thought I was like in love with them or something. They were like, you know, but but these things happened. We we we, we talked about this, and I was like, it's a full experience. From the time you, you know, she was like, you can leave. It, <laughs> from the time, you know that we're apart. Um, 
and not that I haven't listened. I've 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 fully fallen in love in a different country and and been sad. And but I've also <laughs> fully just had an amazing, amazing you know time and like can value that for what it is and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. I'm like you, Jack. Like for real. Like I, <laughs> um, I've definitely had stamps on my passport that weren't my passport. Um, <laughs> Okay. I, don't think they, I don't think they caught that one. <laughs> okay. I don't think they caught that one. Explain what's on But no, for real, like it, you have like these whirlwind, um, twenty-four hour, forty-eight hour things, and sometimes it's super risky, like Dubai, um, where you're not supposed to be doing that, and other times it's right, right. Your girl almost got caught up. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, other times it's not, and sometimes it's local. Like, and like Dominic said, you can leave. Like, I I don't like to cuddle. Like, I'm not a big fan of cuddling. I get hot, so I often <laughs> tell people, you can leave. Like, pass me a Lacroix on the way out, and you know, <laughs> I, I lock up. I know my neighbors. I lock up in a little bit. <laughs> Hilarious. And that I mean, it is what it is. So yeah. when I hear people, I understand that my mentality behind it is not the norm. Like the fact that I don't need to have this incredibly deep emotional and um, mental connection with you in order to have a great sex experience with you. It's great if I do, because it heightens it. It definitely heightens it, but I don't need it to have that with you. I I think I'm along that same category. Like I I feel like I'm a very intimate person just naturally. Um, It's levels to it. Like I'm not going to give, you know, you level 10 if we just met, but naturally I, I feel like I'm a very giving person um so I like to give experiences I like to you you know build atmospheres I, I like to you know just be um I I think I want to make sure that each person I'm with has a unique experience like uh most girls won't tell you that I've taken them to the same restaurant like I'm not that guy so I try to like once again just build relationships and let them organically go where they should be I usually don't try to force things um, and, and it's always served me pretty well. Um, so I, I never really, you know, thought about it from that standpoint, but I, I do think that, you know, balance is key. You know, sometimes that balance needs 24 hours. Sometimes it, it, it needs a year or two, you know, it just depends on the, 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 the dynamic between the two people. I think that's interesting. Given So given this conversation, we're talking about sexuality, we're talking about gender. One of the bigger, um, it wasn't quite a buzzword as much as it was one of the bigger discussions was when um, Cardi and Meg came out with the WAP video and we got all these think pieces about who should be wives and who are their husbands. And then my sister sent me Throat Baby the other week. <laughs> and I listened. I love that song. Throat Baby is a love song. Oh, that, I, oh my God! I'm not, that's a, that's a I'm not old enough to listen to this, but the conversation around both songs was kind of like shocking because mm-hmm. that's the conversation I don't know. So, what I want to ask is, just a second, I, I got you, Jax. Um, so why do we think in this in this day and age, in this society, why are women basically the sum of their sexuality? Why men get to thrive in it? Because men feel as though they should control it. Yeah. And they should. And that's, that's the answer. That's, 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 that's it. Be my simple. <laughs> that's simple. That's the show. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, we shouldn't. Period. Period. Men feel like we're the only one that could be braggadocious about it and our 
sexual exploitation. We feel as though we should we shouldn't tell women, um, you know, to have that have that conversation. So well, I think I think the blow up behind WAP was just um, for me personally, um, and just for I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, it was more about the timing when WAP came out. Um, we had just went through you know the shooting of Breonna Taylor and all these different things. Um, it, it, it felt as though and. You know, if you guys check out Culturally Focused, this is why I'm saying this, is that at that time when WAP came out, um, I just felt as though Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion had already released enough music that was like that. And I just felt like culture-wise, they had an opportunity to really put out something that had a little bit more um, substance to it. Um, that was my opinion with it. I didn't necessarily have a problem, you know, with the... Um, with the words because me and i grew up with akinelli like come on akinelli and little kim so it wasn't necessarily the, the it wasn't necessarily the topic for me it was more about the timing um but mm -hmm. i said that on my platform the other day i was like yo if we was tripping about wop we should have been tripping about throat baby because for me throat baby is off the chain like it's way more explicit than wop way more explicit um, and no one was in outrage about that one. So I'm just like, here we are again, just trying, you know, to really just control what women say. And, and that, that was my thoughts on it. But yeah, Throat Baby is off the chain. I don't know about it being a love song, but um, it, it, is it, it, if you put it is on it a after video or at the club, you might get both. Money. So. Both. <laughs> I'm going to send you the link after this. <laughs> Yeah, well, my, my sister did tell me my niece asked her what a throat baby was. And I mean, Ooh. I can obviously make, make, make inferences, but I was like, I don't know. So this is the second time in two days that this has come up. And I'm just like, I don't know. But we're going to get you help. We're going to take care of you. <laughs> You've been in Costa Rica for the last four months. So we understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Ask me about an island. <laughs> <laughs> to your point about the timing of it. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, black people are killed by peace officers frequently. So if we are timing our right. our, our music releases by that, we'll never get anything fun. Like we'll never mm -hmm. get anything with, with levity at all. Um, so, I mean, and I feel like that's up to their label. Their label dropped that when they, when they dropped it. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, and then your other point about, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want it to seem like I'm like, coming in on you, um, but I've had these conversations before. So I love that you brought this up um, because I've had these conversations privately. So I want to, to make sure I get this out publicly. Um, as far as like, they could have put out something else. We don't say that about the baby. We don't say that about uh, Lil Wayne. We don't say that about country artists. Like we don't say that about Sam Hunt. We don't say that about Reba McIntyre. They put out, they, they found their recipe and they follow that recipe. They put out what sells. They put out what works for them and what sells. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I really don't appreciate as a whole when it comes to uh, black female rappers or female rappers, period. Um, they're like, oh, you shouldn't be talking about your sexuality. It's respectability it's politics. Okay for, for Future to talk about it, for Drake, for, for Rick Ross, for all of them. They've been talking about this, and it's okay for them. But for me to say, "Hey, I got a why." Do we want a freedom record? Do we want a freedom record from from Cardi? Because I don't need that from Cardi. Or I, I mean, so I, I, I agree. I, I agree with you, but at that time, Little Baby and the Baby both had protest records out. You know, just for the context here, they both had so, protest records out at that time. 
Um, so just for context, um, I just felt as though at that time, um, you know, it was just more so you I, your voice for it. That's all. I, I will say, especially being centered in the entertainment industry, um, I do I, – I'll say my views change when I entered this industry um, because, of course, once again, being from a very conservative place and then looking at what – the entertainment industry sells you. They sell you dreams. I always tell people, whatever you see on TV is fake. Like, you know, when 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 I got on to rap sets and I realized that all the money they was throwing was fake, even if they had tons and tons of money, like, you, you know, it was fake. Um, and, and so you're projecting an image onto a society, of course, but at the same time, like like you were saying earlier, at what point? At what point do you realize this is entertainment? Like Cardi B is not, you know, the spokesperson for anyone. She's an entertainer. Like that's how she makes her money. So I feel like, yes, we're creatives and we have the ability to influence, but we can't expect people to wield their powers. That's kind of like telling people how to spend their money. Um, it, it's just to me irresponsible to expect a higher standard than you're giving it off because I know I watched WAP. I watched it a few times, like, you know what I'm saying? So it'd be very, very hypocritical of me to expect Cardi B, who, like you said, she has tons of music like this in her catalog. Why would I expect her to change just because something happened in your life? You, you know what I'm saying? That sounds selfish because all of us were affected by it. But once again, projecting our thoughts and feelings onto those of others. And it's kind of like, you don't have to agree, but you got to, you got to know what realm you're in and, and not expect unreal expectations from, you know, certain sectors. Do you think we would listen to Cardi B if she put out a political album because she tried to speak up on one of those elections and they was like raking her through the coals. But, but, but the one thing I was like, she, like she spoke out or spoke up for yeah. Bernie. And people now let me ask you guys something as far as entertainment goes. When has anybody done anything and went and everybody been completely happy about it? Never. Never. Tell me a time. <laughs> so, like once again, taking everything with a grain of salt, yeah, like <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad, about bad I'm not I saying mean, anything bad about Beyonce on live. So this is definitely... <laughs> no, no, I love that. Can I... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I think, again, you, you said it I think it all goes back to respectability politics, which also goes back to colonization. I think we have, and I, I, I say Donna, but like, I think we know, uh, you know, hip movements and shaking and movement, body movement is a part of who we are. But we're in yeah. this, we're in this country, in this space, well, we've been told that, that that means this, that, this, and the other. But in actuality, like movement um, and, and getting out pain and celebration through our bodies is who we are um, at our core. And, but yet we live in a country that tells us when we do these things, we can't do that and, and, and care about the rest of the world. Um, but but it's, it's just, just not true. Uh, I think at the most sacred ceremonies um, in parts of Africa and in indigenous places and the most um, celebratory, you see some of those same body movements. And not to say that, that that's what Cardi is, is, is um, intentionally evoking, but like, um, I, I think it all, it all goes back. So the colonizers told us it was bad mm -hmm. and we buy into it. Mm -hmm. 
over and over again. And, and so that goes back to the mental health aspect of things, right? I think there's over time been a conditioning of sex is bad. There's been a conditioning of separating men and women, especially within our community, right? Um, the conversation easily went, well, Cardi B and Megan is bad, the baby and whatever his name is, that's just status quo. That's okay for guys to do. And I think that's kind of where we are in a society of like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to maintain this separation of sexuality between men and women, which has been something that's been done all of our lives. Because if you look back in slavery times, what was the one thing that the slave master would do to a wife of a slave, right? Um, do something to her sexually to make him feel lesser than a man. You know what I mean? And so, you know- For him too. Right, right. And so, you know, we, we, we wanna be able to make sure that we have this space to talk about sex and sexuality so that we're no longer stuck in those constructs that don't include us, all right? Um, and so with that being said, I'm gonna transition into the, the final segment. Um, and, you know, having talked about sexuality and how it impacts us mentally, the discussion on sexuality and gender, um, how do we move the conversation forward so that we can normalize the differences in our community, um, leading towards acceptance? Um, in short, how do we move this conversation forward so that, you know, we can, we can not necessarily change minds of the shizzes in the world and the Ashleys <laughs> in the world, um, but how, how do we move towards, you know, um, agreeing to disagree to almost a, I, I, I'm seeing it, I'm understanding it because we can't change people's minds overnight. Go ahead, Chiz. Tag me in. Um, <laughs> I think this is the type of conversation that we need to have right here to be quite honest with you. And what I want to say is I appreciate that we were able to have this dialogue and it didn't turn into a hate fest. You know what I mean? What I think we're also missing in our society when we have these conversations is being one is being able to say, hey, come in. Let's talk. I know we may not necessarily agree, but we can exchange ideas. I can hear your point of view and you can hear my point of view. I think sometimes people that may think like me or Ashley, okay, um, we are we are forced not to necessarily have a voice when it comes to these topics because we're ostracized a little bit. Like I know you didn't mean to do it, you know, intentionally, Paige. Like you know, just for kicks and giggles here, but that's what happens. It's like, oh, Chiz and Ashley got a different opinion. You know, they're not, you know, the cool kids now. You know, mm -hmm. or it's, it's taken as, oh, Chiz doesn't agree with this. He must be homophobic or he must hate trans people. He must hate gay people. Just because I necessarily don't agree with the lifestyle, we are demonized because of it. I think that portion of it needs to stop so these conversations can happen and you can create mm -hmm. an open space for people to be educated about it. Because the moment you start saying, oh, you're a hater or you're a homophobe, you're you know a transphobe, you know, all those different things, it, it shuts people down and makes them walk away from it. Um, so I just think we need to have more open, open conversations about it and understanding that just because a person doesn't necessarily agree with something doesn't mean that they hate you in the process of it. So I'll leave it at that. 
So I I agree. We I I think that um, dialogue period, like conversations period, um, and it needs to start. I feel like this this kind of stuff needs to start within the family, um, mm-hmm. like within and at younger ages. Like we, mm-hmm. uh, I we don't realize how much of a silo we're in until we have conversations like this with other people who didn't necessarily grow up with us. Um, we have a lot of shared experiences, but we didn't grow up. To, we, I mean, you can tell that we all didn't grow up together. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we need to start having these conversations need to happen inside the home. They, I feel like they should also happen inside of schools. Um, I feel like they also need to happen inside of churches. Like we, there's, uh, we, there's the constant conversation of demonizing others, like folks who are othered. Um, without having a general conversation and, and and figuring out why, like why are we saying that these people are wrong? Like why are we saying that uh, the way they live their life, the way who they are as people, are wrong? And get to the root of that. Agree. Jax or. What's the question? Like, are we just kind of like, how do we fix the world? Well, it's not necessarily how do we fix the world, right? So how do we continue? Hey, buddy, how do we can kind of promote this conversation such that, as as mentioned earlier, a healthy dialogue is, continues to occur, right? Because that's really what change is about for the most part, is making sure that we can communicate our differences of opinions and leave with an understanding of the other party's um, point of view. I think in particular, this conversation, I I realized in a lot of, um, my sorority sister just got here. Um, uh, I think think a lot of the things that separate us, we should look at where where those separations began. I I think oftentimes in this conversation, for me, I thought back to like, oh, this shit started with colonization or this shit started with patriarchy. And I think that those things are in place very specifically. And I'm not, I'm not like, a, I'm not a um, conspiracy theorist, but it's history. There are re- the, it's, it's not us that started these separations. It's not even our, you know, people like to say, oh, you know, they didn't have these troubles back in the day. There were different troubles, but we all, uh, we all should think about how we got here and not to say like who the real enemy is, but where those separations begin and how can we come back, back to whole as, as people, as like relations between men and women and others. Um, and, um, you know, with, with, our, with our, our community and our, you know, our, um, our roots. That's all I got, sorry. That, they're having a whole thing in my living room now. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I think the, the biggest thing is to, um, like once again, realize we're strong together, um, especially like this is about black sexuality. Um, and when we talk about blackness, especially in America, um, there are so many things on the outside trying to tear us down um, and realizing that like we are all one community, whether we want to realize it or not, um, especially in the eyes of others. Of, of course, we know we have plenty of subsectors 
um, within our community. But I always tell people nobody respects that outside of us in America. Like we have to teach people how to respect us um, because they haven't for so long. So I think we just have to normalize it, being accepting and loving and, and respectful of one another, giving each other that space to once again be who we are. And I feel like once we can accept people in their own space, we really can. We always talk about black unity and black community. I, I feel like we can truly start being a community then once we start to uh, master those things. And I, and I definitely I'm hopeful because um, uh, these conversations, once again, are happening. And I feel like we're going to be the generation that does start making a difference because it has been so taboo to talk about stuff like this. But like, look at us like we're here, you know, um, and, and we're doing it. And so this hopefully, you know, this even helps somebody um, to you know, not be afraid to have a conversation with maybe somebody next to them. And that's how the world changes. Literally one person at a time, man. We can't be afraid to do that. I love it. I love all of y'all's responses. I thank y'all so much. This has been a great session. We're going to have to have like a part two where we talk about some old different aspects of sexuality because we could literally talk about that for hours, but we really can't. Um, thank y'all so much for coming. I thank everybody that tuned in. Before we leave, um, all of y'all's information is in the um, description below, but I know Chiz has Talking Black tomorrow night, I think. What all do y'all have coming up um, that you need the people to know about? Shows, vlogs. Uh -huh. I will say, I don't talk about any of my sex stuff. Like, it's like all forthcoming. I like, you know, I'm mastering all of my, my things, but I am launching a, a candle subscription box next month. And I'm very excited about that. And that's the only thing I can, I, you know, we'll talk about. So um, it's your candle concierge. So I'm so excited. That's all I got. But I mean, you can find me on Instagram. If you find me, you find me. If not, you know, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, I yeah. go ahead, go ahead, just no, uh, go ahead. Oh, was that you talking? Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say you go ahead, you have the floor, ma'am. Oh, um, so I am on all platforms as and all that jazzy, which is in my lower third. Um, <laughs> I think that's where it is. Uh, I'm a blogger, I have a podcast, I haven't dropped a podcast episode in a few weeks, it's been busy, but I have one coming out, <laughs> um, soon, so yeah, like. Like and subscribe below. Like and subscribe me too. Um, and I, you can click the link in my bios on all of my platforms to find my blog and where I can be found around the internet. Dope. Um, I, uh, you guys can find me pretty much on all social media platforms. I'm on IG probably the most. So if you need to get in contact with me, that'll probably be the easiest way. Uh, my personal page is TL Activist. Um, and do podcasts called Connected Dots Podcast where we talk about community events. Uh, we talk about uh, what's going on in nation current events. Uh, it's on every Tuesday on all platforms. So check us out, Connected Dots. Um, Jax, we're going to have to talk. Uh, I'll definitely be checking out your candle subscription box because I own a candle company. Um, it's called So Mississippi uh, Candle Company. Um, so Mississippi.com, make sure to go check it out. I'll make sure you got all you guys get some really cool in the mail. So I'll get y'all addresses after this and we'll make sure to complete this circle. Um, and I'll definitely be supporting you, Jax, because I'm all about supporting my people. So um, looking forward to it. Cheers. 
Hey man, talking black tomorrow, seven o'clock. Some of this, some of that. As long as it's black, y'all know how we do. <laughs> um, shout out to my co-host Alexis. She was in the comments a little bit. Um, but yeah, check me out. Y'all already right know I'm always doing. I try to stay busy. Um, so coachlyfocus.com at coachlyfocus. Um, I am a huge candle connoisseur. I like to set the ambiance in my house here and there with my hookah and my wine and stuff. So I will definitely be supporting both of you when it comes to candles because I absolutely love them. Um, but outside of that, as usual, giving Paige and Ashley your flowers, you know, another dope episode with, you know, for sure, for dope sure. guests as well. Appreciate y'all for continuing, you know. I'm going to use my line, protecting the culture, okay? All right, keep it up. Um, don't, don't forget Culture Focus News. Don't don't forget to plug that now. Hey, man, you know, we're we going to talk about that later, Paige. All right, all right, all right, all right. But, um, no, nah, I appreciate everyone. I will look to connect with, you know, if anybody knows anything about me, I, I'm just I'm just like my brother said, um, I love supporting and working with the culture. So I already see multiple different ways we all could collab on different things. So don't don't run from me when I when I jump in your inbox. All right. And be like, let's collab um on some of these conversations or some different things that you have going on in your individual community. So peace and blessings, peace and love. Appreciate it. One hundred percent. All right. Um, so Atomic Travels presents Travel Tuesday Happy Hour season two. Uh, we drop next week um, on YouTube. Um, I interviewed about 38 individuals from five to six different countries wow. um, over the course of the last year. And it's been an amazing journey. Um, I'm a perfectionist, so I've been kind of pushing it back, but I finally am putting it out. Website is out. Podcast is out. Um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I got some merch that may be dropping with the episodes as well. So please feel free. I, I'm taking a page out of Chiz's book, you know, trying to take advantage of the, of the merch opportunity. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, one of the things that, you know, this podcast has done for me and I'll say thank you, Ashley is, um, giving me the courage to kind of like step outside of myself. So, um, and, um, you know, brothers like Chiz, um, kind of continue to push the envelope for himself and, you know, once again, uh, appreciate you, Ashley, for, for having me on as a co-host. Appreciate you for keeping it together and in order. I thank y'all so much for, uh, for contributing is almost as well or more awesome than I imagined y'all would be. Thank y'all so much. And, Bye. <laughs> As we sign off, we want to remind you that it's okay to not have your cheese on your cracker and that we're here to work towards getting there together.